Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Yeah.
we're still continuing on the series I'm doing, Apostolic and Prophetic Kingdom Shift. The series is called Kingdom Busted. Amen. But the subtopic today is Stand Your Ground. In a world gone wrong, in a world gone mad, God is saying to us, call by his name, stand your ground. In Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 6, I'll read, it says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And verse 6 says, And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 and verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even to the death of the cross. We're talking about standing your ground, and we're looking at the life of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God to start. And when God is saying to us as a church that he's calling us to stand our ground, it's simply because of what's happening in the world. Isaiah 45, 9 says, Woe unto him who striveth, with his makeup, let the potsherd strive with the potsherd of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, What makest thou, or thy work he hath no hands? And we see in Philippians 2 uh, that Jesus Christ, uh, hallelujah, even to the point of death, was obedient to his Father. He submitted himself. I was willing to go on a cross, an old rugged cross, to die for you and I, that we may live victorious. And what's happening, why God is saying, stand your ground. In a world gone wrong, in a world gone mad, he's looking for people who stand their ground. You see, we're crucifying Jesus all over again. After he already bled and died for us, so when we don't stand our ground, we crucify him again. And that's what the scripture says. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, what makest thou? 
shall shake on the whole face of history. Events such as terrorist attack, 9-11, the genocide in 2003, hallelujah, the devastation in the Indian Ocean, the tsunami of 2004, the global crisis that we are experiencing even today, amen, Haiti earthquake 2010, so much catastrophe, hallelujah, and many intelligent people are questioning, is there any redemption to be found? Is there any redemption, Joshua, to be found? Many intelligent and well-educated individuals, especially those in the university system, say that such events should not be considered surprising. So even the intellectuals said, don't be surprised. After all, compared to the cosmos, humans are but speck of dust who have evolved, they say. What scientists are saying is that we are doomed to die individually and collectively as the universe heat runs down into never-ending cold and darkness. But it's not, you know, what kills you, you know. It's the state of your soul when you die. Amen? And so darkness then does not have the last word, but the love, goodness, and power of God does. Hallelujah. Darkness is not what I have the last thing. It's the love, goodness, and power of God does. But as we are seeking the Lord, glory to God, Genesis 1, 1 to 3 says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and shape, and darkness covered it. And what happened? The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was. So back to it, darkness, not the last thing. God's spirit hovered over the earth, and he spoke to it. He stood his ground. He knew what the authority had, what power he had, and he was sovereign, and he said, I'm going to chase I'm going to chase this darkness out of town. I'm going to chase this thing out of my way. I'm going to command it to be still. Hallelujah. If Christ lives in you, and Ephesians uh, 2, I just read, tells us that we are seated in heavenly places where Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, the same authority is given to you. But what have we been doing with the power? We've been sitting down on the power, and we allow darkness to have the last say. But it's time for the church to stand their ground. Your words are power. What you meditate on becomes your attitude, and your attitude determines your altitude. So if you're not rising above your circumstances, if you're still bound, it has to do with your attitude. And the word of God is going to transform your darkness before it can change somebody else's course. Hallelujah. You've got to stand your ground. He told Adam and Eve, stand your ground. Genesis 1.28, he told them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. God spoke to them. I give you power to lead the animals, subdue the earth, have dominion over the fish, over the fowl of the year, and over every living thing that moves. That's the power given to us. Hallelujah. The first Adam failed, but God sent a second Adam, giving us back that dominion power. Hallelujah. Everything that moves, you have dominion power over it. And even though he gave them dominion, 
There were some exceptions. He warned them, don't freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. He said, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what happened, hallelujah, even to Lucifer. He saw so much about God. He had a first-hand knowledge about the power, and he said, I want it too. No, no. You're going to subject yourself to my power and do what I say. But the day you wake up and say, I want to be like God, is the day he was cast out of heaven. Do you understand that your obedience is required to stand your ground, to stand in authority? Adam and Eve, sin of disobedience, separated them from the tree of life and thus kept them from obtaining eternal life and standing their ground. They were separated because of their rebellion against God's divine instruction. And we see here that history is repeating itself. It became clear in history how did Noah, how did it was said to have found favor with God. Genesis 6, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything, honey, that he made was totally evil, consistently evil. And he said, I was sorry I made them. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord said, verse 7 of Genesis 6, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, small, the scurry along the ground, even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But verse 8 says, but Noah found favor with God. Can God look at you and say, you have found favor with me? Hallelujah. See, in Genesis 3, verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And then their eyes were open to evil, hallelujah, and good. What God was trying to keep them and protect them from. When you move from under your covenant covering, expect anything to happen. You're exposed to darkness again. You're exposed to evil and wickedness. You have lost control. When you're under good covering, stay under it. Hallelujah. When you're about a pastor, covenant with heaven and so you can be blessed and prosper and you shift under that anointing without God releasing you. God didn't release Adam and Eve. Their attitude determined their altitude and they moved by their own agenda and their political correctness. This word didn't just exist today. It was in Genesis. They were their partner of politically correct. Yeah. If I eat it, I'm going to know everything God knows. But he didn't want you to know everything. He want to preserve the earth and make it good and it remain beautiful. But because of your, your political correctness, and that's a spirit of Lucifer that has crept in the church. Because he told them, because God don't even know everything, man. Eat this and you'll see what happens. Go ahead. Taste of the fruit. Let people entice you and seduce you to go back to the norms of religion. If you won't hear the pastor, then come into a meeting with the elder. And if you won't hear the elder, meet with the elder. But the Bible says to cast you out among the Pharisees and the Sadducees who are unbelieving, who are perpetrators of the kingdom. And that's what God did. He cast Adam and Eve out. 
But I propose to you that even though evil is rampant and humans are deterrent in doing wrong or evil, God's plan has not and will not fail. I said, even though men do what they want to do, say what they want to say, go where they want to go, it can't deter God's plan. God's plan will not fail. God is looking for a people who will dare to stand their ground. Even in the days of Noah, the people refused to stand their ground. And God spoke clear and, and a, a very unusual instruction to Noah to build an ark. They refused to listen. So when the flood came, only Noah and his family were safe. I have a question to, for you today. Are you willing to be a part of the majority who do what they want to do? Or are you willing to be numbered among the minority who will do what God says, how God says it, and be, and be found in the ark of safety? Stand your ground. What does stand mean? Stand means position. Stand means a view or attitude. It's an opinion, a viewpoint or standpoint. So stand your ground means hold your ground. Standing your ground or holding your ground means refusing to move back during a fight. Hello? As I minister to you, I minister to myself right now. Refuse to move back during a fight. Hello? Can you imagine? Adam and Eve and Satan against God. Hmm? Because they plan a plan that this is going to work. We're going to overthrow his government. Well, if this ministry wasn't called by God, then Satan got it then. But he's saying to us today, refuse to move back during a fight. Stand up for one's right to resist an attack. Standing your ground means stand up for one's right. And your right have to do with your mind being transformed. Let his mind be in you. Hold on to the profession of your faith in the Lord and the promises of God. That's how you stand your ground. Hold on to the profession of your faith in the Lord and the promises of God. How do you stand your ground? Hold on to the profession of your faith. That which you confess, God says. That which you believe, God says. Hallelujah to the promises of God. And dare to believe God in the midst of adversity. How do you know you're really saved? It's when hell is upon hellfire in your life. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's saying to you, stand your ground. In a world gone mad, in a world gone wrong, be strong in the Lord. Ha, shut up. And in the power of his might, put on the old armor of God. It's the word. What make up the armor? The helmet of salvation is the word. The breastplate, you have to guard your heart. We're too emotional. You have to get tough, man. I'm doing this for God. I hear that through the leader. I'm not watching no faith. I'm going to pay God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Mondo Shabakandai. And I said it three weeks ago. If you're not careful, you'll gain the world and lose your soul. You're willing to be politically correct and lose your soul. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. What is the truth? The word of God. It has to be on your loins. You have to prophesy it over yourself. My loins is girded with truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Be strong in the Lord. It was a final word to the Ephesians. 
strong in the Lord. Final meaning ultimate. It's a critical place. It's the last conclusion or closing. And in this hour, God is saying, you're at a critical place in the kingdom. You're at a critical place in your Christian walk. That you have to make up your mind and choose the right attitude. It's to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You're at a critical place right now minister to somebody on the prayer line, on the phone line, on Periscope, sitting before me. You are at a critical place. You have to make up your mind if you're going to go all the way with Jesus or not. The enemy is looking for more people to be burned in hell with him. You're at a critical place if you're going to maintain a relationship with God. And come in covenant with those who are of like mind, according to Philippians 2. Be strong in the Lord, was the word to this, this, this church in Ephesus. He spoke to them in Ephesians 6. It's a critical place. It's a conclusion of closing. No strength that we as humans need to obtain, but the strength that is derived from God. Be strong in the Lord. God's strength and power are part of the kingdom blessing available to God's people. His strength and his power. He gave it to the first Adam and Eve. And they 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 they, they trade in that power and strength for the lies of the enemy. It may feel good to walk in rebellion for a while, but the end result is destruction. The word of God says the way that seems right to a man. The end thereof is death. Come on, somebody. The power that raised Christ from the dead, it empowers you as, as you prepare for spiritual battle. Hallelujah. You may face in the earth. Hallelujah. God is an awesome God, and he makes no mistake. He said, let us make man in our image, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, into our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion. I'm trying to help somebody here. He gave you his power and his authority. He's simply saying to you, when he spoke, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He's simply saying, stand your ground. Man was made to possess God's power and authority. Man knew no sin in the origin. So when God rose up the second Adam in the form of Jesus himself, who would stand his ground, endure pain, stand in your ground, are you willing to endure pain like Jesus did for your sins? He said, let his mind be in me. It means that as I suffer, you will suffer for the gospel. Hallelujah. He endured pain and suffering that we might live. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But Judah decided, I'm not going to suffer. I'm going to sell you out for 30 pieces of silver. Hallelujah. He learned everything about his master. And he used that knowledge to sell Jesus out to the Pharisees and the Sadducees club. Come on, somebody. He betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. There are people who leave their church for our next place. They say that looks better. Hallelujah. can be comfortable here. But if you're really called to kingdom, kingdom should make you uncomfortable. Kingdom should challenge you. Kingdom should, should bring out the things that need to be dealt with, you should remain bound and stop with your rebellion and stubborn ways and still say you're safe. 
what I want. Nobody can tell me what to do. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. Hallelujah. Because Judas knew everything about the word. He sat with the other disciples. And God knew. The prophet knows. The pastor knows. That Judas is among us. And he's about to betray me. And he spoke that word. Behold. The hand of him that betrayed me is with me at the table. Truly the Son of Man goeth, and it was determined, but woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. Woe unto the man who betrays the one who sees him, the one who covers him. Jesus knew that even though they were taught by him, they saw miracles, he feed thousands, healed the sick, that there would be one who would not stand their ground, but it never stopped God's plan. Never stop God's plan in Genesis. It didn't stop God's plan in the book of Luke when Judas tried to betray Jesus. God used that thing to work together for good. It prepared him to go fulfill his assignment. So the one that's trying to bring you down is only setting you up to be elevated in God. If you just stand your ground, humble yourself that God may exalt you in due time. No matter what the suffering, the attacks, the criticism and the things that come up against you. If you just stand your ground, God will fight for you. Hallelujah. Because he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians 5.21. Hallelujah. The way is already prepared for us to stand our ground. God prepared the way for us to stand our ground in him. Hallelujah. Who then is willing, I said last week, to consecrate their service to the Lord? Who then is willing to go all the way for Jesus? Who then is willing to consecrate their service to the Lord? To build God's temple. Hallelujah. Are you willing to go all the way with Jesus today? Because he never fails. Hallelujah. He's Alpha and he's Omega. God will not take you out the battle. He will, he will equip you to stand your ground. He will not take you out the fight, but he will equip you for the fight. I said he will not take you out the fight. He will equip you for the fight. So in our Christian walk, we battle against principalities and powers, evil forces. What are principalities and powers? They are evil forces of fallen angels headed by the devil who are vicious fighters. The war against the kingdom is vicious. And the scripture I shared last that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence taken by force. And you have to be sober and vigilant to win the war against a vicious adversary. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to the eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Hallelujah. God don't want to be consistently uh, going up and down, up and down. He 
the word. But let me tell you how stubborn spirit comes and rebellion. It's in the Bible. He says it's not that his hand is short, nor is his death, because the Israelites were rebellious. So they can't hear God. They can't touch him. Ah, Isaiah 6 tells you that yet a one tense remains. You know what? Because the word won't go forth. He's looking for somebody to do what he assigned And Isaiah said, Who am I? Send me. Before he said, Lord, so touch my lips, because I live among a people of unclean lips. But when you come in contact with the glory, though you're living around people that are rebellious, you say, Lord, I want to be a part of that change. Help me to stand my ground. And he's going to send you to a people. You're going to be working with some people who will hear and not hear. See and not see. Why did they hear Joshua, Lord, and not hear? See and not see. SCGT. Because on the road, they keep on saying, don't put the chair over there. Put it to the right. But every time you come home, at the left, instead of the right. After a while, you become unresponsive to our voice because you have gotten hard in your heart. After a while, you don't feel or hear God anymore because you've been speaking, 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 and speaking, and you've turned a deaf ear to his voice. But he said that one tenth will remain. There's a remnant that will hear him and do what he says, who is a remnant that set apart people for God, who decide to keep their, their bodies and their lives spotless from the sin nature of the world. What am I saying? This word is going forth today, and yet there are people who will hear this word and still not do what it says, because their heart has gotten hardened. And that's how it's on their deathbed. You tell them to say the sinner's prayer, their mouth can't open, because the sting of death is upon them. And God has given them so many chances but their heart is so callous and hard, they can't even open their mouth to say it because they have rebelled against God for so long. And what they see before them now, they have the street already leaving their body. Let me tell you, before death hit you, it's been there for before over 30 days. Research death. You start traveling before you actually travel. And if you have discernment, you'll see it in a person's eyes. Their eyes look glossy. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Ever see somebody dying? You see in their eyes that they're already traveling. You touch their feet. You feel it's cold. How do you research death? Long before death hit that day when they die, they start traveling. And that's why people who go into coma and come back will tell you of their encounter with, with the dark world or an encounter with God. And so the Spirit came back in them and said, your time is not yet. Hallelujah. Before you actually die, you die. So when the Word goes forth, you have to hold on to that Word, because the Word is life. It comes to prove you, to prepare you for tomorrow, for the rest of the week. You got people who come into the church and leave the same. But I can tell you, you received that word last Sunday. Because I challenged you. I said, don't let me go home and feel this word in my bed. I didn't feel it. I know when people don't receive the word. It comes right back to me. I'm burdened down to travail. You feel the weight of the ministry upon your shoulders because people left naturally.
faith and not by sight. He's looking for people whose lives are sprinkled, their content sprinkled with the word of God. Hallelujah. How can you resist the word for how long? Somewhere along the line, you will pay the price for your disobedience. God will make something happen to open up your eyes and say, Son, what you're doing is wrong. You have to submit to your leader. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due season. Hallelujah. God didn't call us perfect. Hallelujah. He called you when you were broken, remember? You didn't know what to do. You turned your eyes to him. Hallelujah. And he saved you. In the same way, we have to realize that God is working on all of us. But when he put a shepherd over your life, he has prepared them for it long before they got there. So you can't come and want to tell the pastor how to be the pastor. You're supposed to pray for those in authority that you may live a peaceable and godly life. You're supposed to pray for the move of God in your church. You are supposed to, you go and listen to that message, repent and submit by the woman of God. And you'll see what I'm saying. Hallelujah. If your pastor is failing, you're failing. Hallelujah. If the church is dying, you're dying. Because you're supposed to be travailing. Hallelujah. For the move of God. You're supposed to be praying through for the ministry to be made manifest in your life. Your fruit, your fruit helps to make the ministry grow. So if you're not growing, then the ministry is hampered because your gift is not being made use of. Amen? And so when you begin to surrender to God, then the ministry will begin to expand because you are expanding. Amen? So if you are just sitting and you are dormant, you know you need to begin to submit. Repent and submit. So God can begin to do a work in you. When she began to repent and submit, the church grew by thousands because what was in her, her pastor needed it, but he couldn't use her with that pride. Until she died to herself. So on the third day fast I was on, God revealed what the hindrance was to this ministry. So painful as it was, I couldn't believe when he spoke it. And it made manifest itself in less than 24 hours. That spirit had to go. can't stay. I went 30 days with little or no food. I said, God, this ministry must move. God revealed himself. God revealed himself. I was shocked. I almost passed out. Hallelujah. But like I said, Jesus knew who Judas was. The one who served him. The one who sat with him. Had knowledge of his vision and his life and what he represented was the one who sold him up at 30 pieces of silver. Last year, May, I had eight weeks of leadership course. Not everybody here was in that course or was ever with the ministry at the time. But I said, the same message I said to them, that Judas was right there and he had a choice. He thought he was hurting Jesus. He hurt himself because he committed suicide. When you turn against the one who feeds you spiritually, you're committing suicide on your destiny. What is the ultimate death I'm talking about? Yes, he died. He, you know, suicide. He, he was tormented. He lost his mind. I don't go pray by prayer for people. I'm telling you these stories to help 
your reprobate mind. Our mind went back to, she said there was no reason why she left. I said, you're a leader in our church. And normally somebody sick, you call me on the night before. Oh, nothing, Pastor, nothing. Pastor mind. And left two months later. Went to a church. Next thing I saw her, oh, they made me deacon or deaconess. So the pastor just took them in. Just give them a title. I said, oh, I'm teaching. I said, who's the teaching? The females. I said, the pastor ain't crazy. She ain't going to teach the flock. Give her the old people to teach. When she stands before you, she came to put her words together. But she said, God called her to be a assistant pastor. If I ask her to speak, she come unprepared. And they say that. I said, You're saying that pastor is holding you back. I'm giving you the opportunity to stand before the people to share on a Tuesday night. And she came to me. Oh, I'm supposed to be your armor bearer. If she can't even write a verse and talk for five minutes, how are you going to change the devil from a pastor's life? Do you know what I'm saying? You have to be covered and immersed. And if you're not lining up with the pastor, then you're not lining up with God either. So then this is the season that we are in, that people are leaving the church, stay home, then go join another church, and where they're comfortable that this thing cannot be revealed. And pastors quickly give them what you don't want to give them because they want their tithe. I want their tithe. I need 500 and right on to help pay some utility bills. And that was to cover everything. Because there are some things that were less public to handle, amen, called backlog. You know what I'm saying? And I'm standing before you hearing God saying, fight the good fight of faith. I ask God, should I hold or should I go forward? Come don't know what God will use and hold. You don't have to test the spirit first. You don't have to walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm saying to you today, you have to stand your ground. You can't hear God and not hear your leader. You can't leave a church and God don't release you. I remember a year and a half ago, so I spoke about unity. And God said, don't release nobody. When I release you, I give you a license to kill yourself. If I know that God don't call, that God don't want to leave his ministry, that's give a blessing. So we're not trying to curse you either. But they will move a rebellion, and they're going to be in trouble and say, we release you. So, and that's the child I have right now. Somebody's going to tell you to tell him to leave. I'm doing that. You're going to bring the keys, and you're going to bring the letter. I'm going to tell you, I don't receive this. But if you want to go, go ahead. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's up to you. But I know that God don't tell you that. But the rebellion got to go. So it's either you're going to choose to surrender or you're going to leave. But I'm not going to compromise. When greatness is in you, anything that's in you, it will surface in an anointed environment that nobody else sees in the Baptist church. Oh, come you your problem when you come here. Because it was hidden all your life from you were nine years old. And you was not tapping into the anointing, the realm of the supernatural to expose your darkness. If the children are being exposed in this church, all these areas are coming up because we can't go forward if we're handicapped. 
something in me, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this word today. Cover us with your blood. I speak and cover it says, let us come forward today. Because I know he don't know what I have to say. I know he didn't hear me listen to that message this morning. I told that I was going to listen to it later. In fact, Missionary Devine was the first one who told me about that message. But I never listened to it in full. Pastor, everything you're preaching. Just like you sent me the text, Sister Leone, last night. Missionary Devine last year said, Why, Pastor? I wasn't listening to you, but boy, I was listening to this message. Lord Jesus, repent and submit by Juanita Bino. Listen to it. Said she was beaten by God to bring that word. Stop her message. They won't speak in tongues. I think it breaks down in myself as a leader. Did I move out in rebellion? I said, no. I did everything to obey God. I never rebel against any leader I serve. They abandoned me. But one admit, because I called him and I said, you know, I forgive you. But it's days I called him. First lady. No. I must admit, I know you have to leave. But we didn't want you to. Praying. That was his way of saying. When I was there, I was coming to Africa with cross. And the Lord said, your pastor praying with cross. And started to cry. But he was praying his will. But he never said with cross. He said, we were praying. Me and my wife was praying. You wouldn't leave too soon. Listen to me. Listen, he said, I saw it. And he said, Sister Marin, I knew you had to go. He knew. But yet you're trying to hold on to me. I won't hold on to nobody who has to go. But if you're leaving this place, go higher. Don't go lower. Don't go back to normal church mode where nobody can find you. You can just dodge and give an offering and don't tithe. <laughs> That's why some people go to some big church where the gays are singing. Because pastor don't know all his flock. Hallelujah. They do what they want. That's just religion. There are a couple who get all that money after prophesying over them. And true. The wife got 100,000 back pay money. And when they were about to get, oh, we're going to help the church, they left that son and got it, they're not coming back. In Where is that money now? She lost that job and all that money and what's done. Never came back to say thank you. Give back to the church. Covenant with a ministry that you're being blessed by, you stole there. And it's painful. I never understood it. It's painful to give above that which you're comfortable. If you don't feel no pain, then God says it's time to take it to the next level. I to encourage you today. Do what Christ would do. He was obedient even to the death on the cross. Amen? God be the glory. I'll call um, missionary Dorothy at this time to do the tithes and the offerings. Not sharing these things to get you scared. I'm just saying that from where I stand, I've seen God fight for me. I don't have to pray no bad prayers. All I do is stand on the word, stand in his tongue, his might, and I watch God change things in my life. And if you just humble yourself, he'll do the same for you. 
So if you have your tithes, your offering this morning, prepare your hearts and minds to give. We know that we don't have enough people here to cover everything for rent and utilities, and that's how we ask for a special offering. I did that last week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.